Uh, look, here we go. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Felonty Phenomenal podcast, uh, where we give you the information, inspiration. And if you join the community, you get connected to resources. Uh, you get to hear from two people on their own personal journey from Felonty Phenomenal to let you know it is possible. The boys out here are scared to talk about it. And uh, that leaves people who need to know how, they don't know how. So, we telling you how we doing it and sharing resources and information so you can know how to do it too. And, uh, I am your host. I am your felon to phenomenal coach, uh, re-entry specialist, Coach T uh, for the win, also DJ TNT, and joined as always with my bro Ham T, Terrence, uh, Terry, Front Dulo, Frontline Dulo, Tyler, uh, in the building. Dulos. Dulos. My bad. I, I can't. I can't speak. Dulos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, my guy? What's going oh, my bad. Fresh on? off, of, fresh off a of cruise. Uh, while on parole. Okay, y'all say y'all can't go nowhere. Look, when when I was on probation, I was just leaving and and just praying that I stayed out of trouble. Uh, but he did it right. Got his papers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was, just to let y'all know that that's a personal journey i gotta do it right like that because if i don't do it right like that that's gonna open up the door to some things that i ain't trying to open the door well i'm gonna keep it a book with you uh when i had my probation officer my last probation officer which she was she was real cool she helped me get off early but when i kind of told her what i had going on that i'm a dj and i had an opportunity to travel uh she just kind of hit me with uh what the courts normally do you know how they look at that like you know certain professions they don't respect and it DJ seemed to be one of them. She was like, and based off of the judge that I had, she was like, nine times 10, it's not going to get approved. I ain't telling you what to do, but if you can be responsible, do you. I had to seize my opportunity because at that point in time, I wasn't making enough to even meet ends, to even pay fees. So all I did was I stayed under the radar. I didn't rent no cars. I, I stayed in my hotel. I, I didn't do nothing. I was in the city, out the city, uh, until I uh, until I was able to complete my probation. You know, um, there are some risks involved. You know, and 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 getting your life back together. And sometimes you got to fly under the radar. But like you said, it's based off of who you are. You know, right. you understand and not opening that door, but at the same time, let's keep it a book. Yours was for entertainment. I was, I'm, I'm trying to work. Right. So that's another thing too, to consider if you just trying to go somewhere just to fool around and waste your time or, or, you know, well, I don't mean to say fool around, but I'm just making a point of the difference between if for being for work or for entertainment. I think we get the, the concept of what you're saying. Cause you know, <laughs> you know, just because you're busy don't mean you busy doing something you productive, productive. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> so you know you you're basically saying you're having uh intentions in what yeah. you were doing rather than just being busy being a busy body yeah. you know what i'm saying they're doing busy doing something productively but yeah which is a big fact because it, the, the interesting is about it when i talk to a lot of the other guys that i've been incarcerated with that i was going on the cruise and they was always like on, on parole, they all speaking like as if it was impossible. I was like, hey, yeah, all you gotta do is go through the board and the permission in order to do that. I mean, and then they're gonna take you through the ropes where they wanna know every point 
every where you going, you know, who you going, they want to get all in their business as well. But at the same time, it still can be done. Like, hey man, that that impossible piece, I learned, you know, when doing my research, trying to help people out. And and the first thing, you really need a vision. You need to see your life so many years in the future without limitations, you know, uh, without all these barriers that we have. So, but most people like to put the how before they even had the vision. So once you have a vision, then you can put the how. So how is not a wrong question. It's just a a right time to put that in if you put it in before you even think about what you're really trying to do you know they don't understand you know you 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 prepare for that moment you know you right. came out you, you you did what you had to do you you opened yourself up to living life and exploring so it lined up it wasn't that oh somebody just taking me out because I'm I'm out of jail and 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 so how am I gonna do this? No, you prepared and prepared and planned for it. Right. So it worked out, and then you you find out how went through the proper channels. It's just that we try to do too much without even having a real idea or vision around it. So they just couldn't grasp it, man. It's crazy. Man, first before I get and piggyback off a point. Shout outs for Coach T. Looking professional. Got the microphone right there in front of her. You hear her? She's stepping up game all in the process. One more time. Shout out, Coach T. I see you. Hey, slow boogie. Better than no boogie, man. It's going to get you in. man. I'm tired of having that feedback. You know, got to have that sound quality. But I need the people to stay on it and listen to what we talk about. I don't need to be like, man, that sound funny. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, every syllable that's being spoken, you know, except the ones that we stumbling on. You know, oh, we, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about that. Hey, look, Tonto's nice, as she said. That. But uh, to piggyback off of what you're saying, the plan and the planning and the preparation, and as far as knowing the hows, it's the same concept that we're trying to put and invest in the people that don't understand themselves. You know what I mean? They understand what they want and how to what they want to gain, but they don't understand how to gain it in a way that's gonna deem them successful and effectively further on. So yeah, you know I, I gotta challenge you there when people when you're talking about what people want. I don't think people know what they want. That's the purpose behind Fellington Phenomena. I think a lot of things that we want are influenced by outside people and the society that we live in. I mean, we're in America. We're in a capitalistic society. If if you have a vision or, I mean, not even a vision, if you have the desire to have money, but you don't even know what you're good at, you put in the cart before the horse. Right. So, and opening yourself to do anything for money or put put yourself in uncomfortable positions for money um, outside of whatever you got to do as the groundwork to develop yourself. Right. And that's along the lines like what I'm talking about. I guess I didn't explain it like that. So, like a person knows that he wants some money. So, mm-hmm. in that sense, any opportunity to make that money presents themselves, they're going to jump on. You know what I mean? Especially when a hard time come on. And at the end of everything that glitter ain't gold. We hear this all the time. We don't necessarily know what that means. It's a look, I had to learn this the hard way. Everything has a cost. Period. Mm-hmm. When you think you ain't gotta pay the cost for something, it's wrong. That's just how life is. You're gonna have to pay some type of form or fashion of cost of in order to benefit from something. No matter who the person is, what the person is talking about, what the person is gonna give you. 
there is a cost to everything in order to receive that benefit. And so what some of those costs look like? For instance, we were brought up, I was brought up from the streets, so I sold drugs for a living. And I ended up going to jail for something that I wasn't even about. But I know I needed the money. So I was willing to do something that I had no experience or even desire to do in order to obtain that money. In order to get it, but back what to your are we, question. What are we, what are we back to your about? question. So what? What? Huh? Well, what? What did you have to do? I mean, the people don't know you, man. We we got to keep it. We got to make it plain, man. You already did your time. Oh, they can't come back I, on you. Oh yeah, I started participating in aggravated robbery. And that and that wasn't your brand. That what? That wasn't what you was. Definitely doing. not my. I don't take yeah. nothing. I don't need to. I can get my own. I don't need yeah. nobody's anything. I'm a yeah. book getter. Yeah. That's what I do. That's what I do. I don't but, need yours. In, in, in that but the money got funny. The money got. Really, what happened is my product that I needed got funny. Mm. So, therefore, I needed to find a way to get the product. I wasn't even going to get their money. I just needed the person with the product in order to make my money off of my clientele. That, that was the whole concept. But in that game, I was told you either dead or go to jail. Those are the costs that they say it was. And to a person, we like, man, we're going to go when we're going to go. So, that's not scary. To go to, to go to be dead or to go to jail to go to jail we ain't never been there before if you haven't been there so you really like it's really not anything that puts any type of fear in you uh substantially to make you be like you know what i didn't want to do that you know what i'm saying but until you get there and you start seeing the circumstances the fact that you lose yourself why because now the self-sufficiency that you had is no longer there you lose that the ability to achieve and accomplish anything. Now you're losing that. Now you're losing self-worth. You're losing a family that's standing behind you. They're no longer close range to give you that affection that you, you know, drive off, that motivation, that encouragement, that support. Because you even lose that with some of the family members because they like, look, we're not going to support you if you're taking these chances. Know what I mean? You, you lose that emotional connection because anybody that's been incarcerated for a period of time knows that you don't have no emotional connection with anybody. Everybody in there for themselves to get the best benefit for themselves. So you lose that. You lose your freedom. You lose your choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of things that we lose when we put ourselves in the predicament to go to that penitentiary. And when that, you put your family through a lot. I go visit my homeboy right now. I just left Friday. And the one thing I said when I went through those metal doors and they wanted to pat me down, I say, man, I sure don't miss this part. <laughs> Our family has to go through that. Yeah. Not to mention they have to drive millions of hours. Being exaggerated by saying millions. But they got to drive hours in order to get to you. Hours to come back in order to just to spend time with you and to be with you and be connected to something they wouldn't be able to do then. This, these are costs, man, that we're, we're putting our family through and ourselves through. Then we lose it off of those decisions to get something the wrong way. That's good. Well, look, man. So, let's see. What I wanted to talk about today, because uh, it's been on my mind for, for, for a little while, based off of past uh, podcasts that we've had, and also based off of my career path and things like that. Uh, why do you think people want to be entrepreneurs 
That's a good question. Oh yeah, we about to dig deep. Yeah, yeah, we we about that's to wax deep. I'm gonna try to question. at least. That's a good question. I'm gonna yeah, try. The to. only and, thing that and, comes and then okay, well first of all, so that's one. What's wrong with a nine to five? what's wrong with climbing the corporate ladder just to add a little bit more flavor to it so yeah first off why do you think people want to be entrepreneurs that's the end thing right now to be financial dependent not to be up under somebody else's you know leisure as far as like how much money you can make under their control under their authority you know they just want to have their own you know and just not to be because Okay. Well, I'm. I'm. Look, I'm have to interject a lot here. Um, the the financial limitations, not being boxed in by financial limitations. I can see that. But when you come with that concept of not being under anybody else's leadership or not following anybody else's rules, when you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner. Your clients are your bosses. Absolutely. Like, there's no such thing as not having a boss. Now, I do understand being able to make your own hours uh, and they're not limited by the money. But if people don't, they didn't pay attention to how much the cost is for when you make a bad decision. Uh, when you are an entrepreneur and you work for yourself, you work way more than a nine to five. You work nine to five, you can clock out and throw your hands up. You, when you're an entrepreneur, it's always at your reach and you have right. to turn it off to spend right. time and do other things if you have a family or you just have other responsibilities. Right. I mean, I totally agree with that. I probably heard your question wrong. No, I just said, why do people want to be entrepreneurs? Oh, yeah, you did say, no. why do people? But, okay, but this is the, that's this not is what, the I, what I think the, the, the about being an entrepreneur. Because I agree with you on that. Yeah. Because even in the sense that your your clients are your bosses, even as an entrepreneur and being a business owner, you're still required to be under some type of delegation. Like you, you have to be under some form of state requirements as far as what you can do and what you cannot do as far as your business. Like oh, you're talking example. about if somebody got an LLC and all that. Well, look, well, yeah. on the entrepreneur journey, you got to first start making money before like okay i know you have your very strategic people who want to go out there and get their llc first and put all this money up front before they even have one client that's not that's not how i view the game now that works for you if you have a uh large capital to work with but first you gotta have clients you have to know that you can work this business and make money before you go create a tax entity where you have to pay yearly and now, you why do you say that won't work for you? Why, why Getting the LLC first before you actually get a client. How am I going to pay for the LLC? How am I going to keep paying for it? Like I said, it's a tax entity that I'm going to have to pay taxes for every month. How am I going to pay for it if I have not proven to myself that my business idea works? Absolutely. Like, that's what the terms grassroots come from. You start first then you legitimize it, it it becomes a hustle before it's a business right and that that's just that's just my viewpoint because i don't have i don't have money to just throw away and, and try to create something you know just to be quote unquote legal right legal to what something that you haven't even obtained yet i haven't even you, started you i don't, don't even have clients right if you don't have any clients you're just getting the legal paperwork behind to hold something 
for something that you haven't even established yet. First, you have to build a clientele and then allow that to kind of pay for everything else that you need as far as the business. That's the way I see it as well. It started from the ground up. Um, that's why I didn't mind, you know, starting with my job, going from there, because to be honest with you, that's what the streets taught me. Um, I, now, now, to be fair, I never equated the two as far as what you're saying with entrepreneurship, you actually have to work for the money first. That is just something that I knew naturally to do on my own just because I didn't want anybody else to be a participant in control of what I wanted to build and establish myself. But I never knew that those two was actually, like they ran together for an entrepreneur. Okay. Well, yeah, so this whole conversation just kind of sparked because uh, I have a classmate that I went to college with and he bartended all through college and now he's graduated as a physical therapist, uh, which is a doctor, but he sta- he continued to bartend and he bartended at some of the biggest clubs here uh, in Houston and he opened a bar. And I was like, that makes sense. You bartend 10 plus years and then you open a bar outside of your love for uh, physical therapy. You know, he still did that too. And I bring that up to you uh, because you talk a lot about businesses and you talked a little bit about how, you know, you explored the Chick-fil-A thing and it it didn't work out. Look how you want it to look. I'm not a, I don't know a lot about franchises, but I mean, you're currently working at a restaurant and you've been working your way through the ranks and it's like it seems like it's almost kind of like you got a climbing the corporate ladder situation here to lead into your restaurant it sounds like you could be one of those stories like hey i own this restaurant and i started washing dishes you know what i'm saying right (laughs) but it also seemed like you're trying to do something different from that i am and that those are those technically are the things that i've been evaluating with myself as far as you know climbing that ladder um my decision to like become a prop for management and stuff like that and also considering the fact that i didn't just start working in the restaurant business like currently when i got out of the prison oh yeah i've been yeah. i've been working in the restaurant business since i was a kid All what they right, didn't well, know run it down run it down when you started I started technically when I was 15. Okay. Where at? Dairy Queen? Mac- McDonald's. <laughs> okay. No, it was McDonald's. But this is the thing. I started there. Then I went to several other restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember, we worked at Outback Steakhouse together. Mm-hmm. I did Terrytown Estates, which I was mm-hmm. a cook there. Um, it's a li- assistant living mm-hmm. place. Um, I also like I worked at the Jack and Box when I came home. What are the restaurants that I worked at before those? Though? I don't know. That's quite. You a know fruit. what? I think that's yeah. It is quite a fruit there. But this is the thing that that I'm bringing, like that I bring into effect. Before I start doing the restaurant business, I was actually cutting yard, pushing baskets, taking out trash, going to people's houses and asking them like. Is it certain things that they needed to be done in order for me to make some change? Uh, getting a food stamp card, going to buy a bunch of junk candy 
and food and stuff like that. And once I did no longer have access to that, that's when my criminality started as a child. I actually started stealing that type of stuff. I got a group of people together. Why my good suave mouth stayed at the counter, talked to the guy at the counter while everybody else was filling up their bags in order to continue the business to go to the school and continue to sell this free stuff that I was getting for fun. Well, let's take a step back why you just brought that up. Because in my six o'clock meeting, uh, one of my colleagues, she presented a topic today about money and banking, but she first introduced it with the money blueprint. And she asked us to take a deep breath and close our eyes and think about the first thought or idea that we had about money. What was the first time uh, we were connected to money and what happened? And you kind of just described uh, something similar to that. So that guided you on uh, how you handled money. So I want to kind of put a little bit more description to you were able to get snacks and candies with the food stamp and then what was the transition and then like kind of if you could describe how you view money and 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 what inspired and and how did you come up with the concept of taking to get it like it's kind of like the same thing of what i did before i got incarcerated uh i knew i needed the product in order to serve my clients that were committed to buying from me so therefore i had to find a way in order to get that product why didn't i think as a kid to go and buy it on my own and then because i didn't see the amount of profit coming from what i was getting for the the product that i was paying for because the only reason why it worked for me with the food stamps is because i wasn't paying for the product at all then to go and sell it for that price or either for a cheaper price that's it that's it that's it that's your first experience with money so right. the food stamp, it was, it was, you've never, you never paid for it. It wasn't out of your own money. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Why you say that's crazy? Sure. Because look, look what I just said. Your first interaction with money was an exchange without money. So you never included it. I mean, it, it was like by any means, it right. was like, I'm going to get what money can buy, but by any means. It doesn't matter if I have money or not because your exchange was with a food stamp. Food stamps is not money. No. It's a government exchange. It's a IOU, the government got you. You know, you didn't didn't work for that money to go get what, what, what was acquired and then come back and do the exchange. Oh, I spent this and I made this. No, you technically got this and you made this. And you made it, right. And was able to make a profit off of it. Wow. That's interesting. And, and that was and that guided you for a while. It did. Yeah. It, it, it guided me, it guided me for, a, for quite a bit of time. Yeah. Technically, yeah. Like, that came along the lines of, as far as like, what initiated for me. And then from there, that's when I actually start doing the same thing. So I guess after that, it's kind of like the same thing. Because that's so I you never doing. got in trouble? When was the first time you got in trouble operating like that I didn't get in, in trouble for anything until I was a teenager. Mm. I didn't even get in trouble with selling drugs until I was an adult. Yeah. 
I got in trouble for other things. So that's what I'm saying. It wasn't even. It was never the correction of this is wrong. Never was the this correction. Is not how this you was manage wrong. money. Oh, I mean, this is not how you handle items. For I never money. had items for money. I never had that correction. Dang. So then, that's a that's a lifelong conditioning of thinking that this is right. Right. Because one thing that I do know about criminality is that we're no different than anybody else. Mm-hmm. We fear the situation. It's just that conscience is sheer after so many times of getting away with it mm-hmm. that you no longer allow that fear to captivate you in that particular time. So then you kind of become numb to it and you continue doing it and then it becomes a habit and then boom, you get popped. But then after that, it's like the same kind of process. Gotcha. Yeah, nah, man. Um, my first encounter uh, with money was, um, I was about, I don't know, ten or eleven, and uh, I don't know if y'all know, but I'm forty years old. Okay, so ten or eleven, hip hop wasn't that big of a deal. So what they would do is Coca Cola would put together these compilation cassettes and sell them on the commercial and say for 99 cents you can have this compilation cd i mean sorry cassette it probably had uh cnc they ain't talking about no cds probably had cnc music factory probably crisscross uh probably marky barky the funky bunch whatever i wanted that cassette and i knew where my grandmother kept her checks and I wanted that cassette so bad that I found that check, I wrote it, and I mailed it to Coca-Cola, and I got in trouble because the cassette came in the mail. Uh, uh, so my relationship with money is that it could get me what I wanted. Okay. So I would know that I would have to earn it. Like I knew that what I was doing was 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 wrong, and and I immediately I got I got a whooping for it. I got one of the bad whoopers. Uh, I think I was fresh out the bathtub or something like that. Uh, but like, I'm like, look, <laughs> uh, but but they recognized my love for music from a young age, and they still let me have the cassette. And here I am, a DJ to this day. That's good. You know what I'm saying? So that's a, good, that's a good share too. Yeah. So even though they punished me for my me overstepping boundaries, you know what I'm saying, with, with writing a check, they recognized that I did have a love for music and I st- they still gave me the tape. Okay. So I can appreciate that. So that, that was, was good. So they corrected the wrong at the same time, but then allowed and supported the right. Mm-hmm. That's what I basically look for. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I guess that shows the difference between you and I than with, with our situation. Yeah, That's I mean, those it's little steps along the way that matter. Yeah, that that yeah. I guess you could you don't you don't really know if anything will have made a difference. I mean, right? It's a part of you your don't. journey at this point. Exactly, because okay, so to put along after that situation, that's when I started cutting yard. And I actually started pumping gas, like going up to people at the gas station. Hey, can I pump the gas to make some money? Even to the police station. Hey, can I take y'all trash out, you know, to make some money? So but it's yeah, still- you can do that, though, because but but as far as like even me meeting you, you know what I'm saying? At, at what, 14, 15? 
Yeah, you worked for a little while, but you still yeah. had that guide, that guiding mentality at that time. Right. It, yeah. was, it just, it and, just and you get more. tired of working, and then exactly. you start taking. And then I start taking. It's that same. <laughs> it's that same mentality. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> right. It was it, on the basis it wasn't coming fast enough. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a good point to make as far as like now with the struggle that I'm going through right now. Even with that, by trying to implement a business and get into something that I know that's for me, uh, and just finding that niche, yeah. I would say, and just having this conversation is good. Oh, uh, what what is your answer to the first question that you asked? What does people? Oh, why do I think people want to be entrepreneurs? Why people want to be entrepreneurs? Yeah. Um. Well. Definitely in this generation and time, it's kind of a buzzword. It's something people assume a lot about. And one of the assumptions is, I can't work for nobody. I ain't going to have no boss. You're discrediting the clients that you serve. Because uh, as a DJ, I, I work for all my clients. They get on my nerves sometimes uh, with all due love and respect. But, you know, it's like you hire me for a job, let me do it. But I understand people have different levels of, you know, apprehension or concern whether you work with them before or things that just come a part of the business. Yeah. Um, I'll be and honest. The government, the, the fact that you got to pay taxes off of you being your own boss as well. So yeah. That's similar to like being a boss. Oh, yeah, we're having, yeah, yeah, government in your pocket. Yeah, somebody got to listen to, uh, you know, you want to stay in business. But um, I have to be honest, I never thought of being an entrepreneur. I think a lot of the people who become successful don't just really set out to say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. They're filling a gap or a void or being creative or stepping out on something that they believe in or that they are true to. Uh, I think entrepreneurship is helpful, especially if you have a background and you're trying to overcome something and uh, you have a skill set or, or you're willing to go attain a knowledge to have a skill set such as trades. Trades are dying uh, as far as like electrician, HVAC, uh, plumbing. Um, and when I say dying, it, they're lower numbers. Back, back in the day, years ago, it used to be uh, a larger community of, of individuals who did those services. It's not that much now because we came from a generation of go to college, get a degree, you know, a, a time frame where they talk, uh, they didn't talk up trade schools. Uh, so now there's a need for that. And you don't necessarily have to go work for a company. You can freelance that. You can be an entrepreneur. Um, and when you say freelance, what do you mean by that? Well, you have freelance and you have gig economy, which is the stepping stones to entrepreneurship. So this is what this is. I have a particular skill. I shop my services to people who individuals who need those skills or maybe smaller businesses. But I work for myself. Okay. It's, it's, like it's, a private contract. Yeah. Yeah. 1099. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's contract. Contract work. Okay. Yeah. I got and, you. And um, so when you have that, you have that skill set, you want to work on a skill set, you start there. That's that's the hustle part. Right. Because I, I, I know some people that actually did that on a personal level mm -hmm. and man, they make a lot of money, mm -hmm. uh, which is crazy just off of some of the simplest things. For instance, mountain became very popular 
and well known where everybody wants to mount their TVs and stuff like that and just see how many people had just learned that skill and become personal contractors themselves in doing that. And they, hey, you get paid quite a bit of money. Personal training. Uh, a lot of people have uh, worked out, uh, got themselves looking good and everything and everybody clings to that. It's uh, what you call that word, entrepreneur? You said a buzzword. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a buzzword that a lot of people are now becoming personal trainers. Like mm-hmm. on my Instagram page. Why you ain't a personal trainer? You like to work out. See what I mean? <laughs> no, uh, but look, but look, but look. This, this, this is what I'm saying. Like, say the same thing. Right. This, this is this is this is what kind of got me thinking about this because I, I, I'm thinking about you know who who you're becoming and who you're working on being and it's like some of the things to be honest when you talk about your aspiration they kind of things that we used to talk about so i don't know if they like in general like the whole the business the the bugatti that kind of thing i was like okay is that does that apply to you now not saying that you can't attain those things but i'm saying sometimes it sounds like the money is first but I was like, right. Well, if you go by I, who you are and what you're doing, it's like, dang, it sounds like, shoot, sound like you can own a cheesecake factory. Sound like you could be a a, a trainer. Sound like you know, and, and it still ain't jumped into the advocacy work with the fatherless uh, sons like you talked about. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, right. you know, it just it's just a lot of things, you know, that that you've been processing and working through, and you know, I, I just want to know which ones resonate with you the most, you know, as you on this journey of figuring yourself out and crossing this out and checking this out and redoing this, you know what I'm saying? Where you at? I can tell you lately, I, I have been thinking about that uh, very much so. And in that thought process, I had to question myself, am I still in that space where the money is first? And is this the motivation as far as my movement and everything? And I continually remind myself of those days. I never forget it. Um, shout out to you, the millionaire next door. I quote, I quote a phrase in that book that he goes by so often: "Is when you are working, you don't work for money; you work for knowledge." And I have to read. I have to consistently tell myself that not on a daily basis but on a consistent basis and what i mean by that because it surfaces up every time that it seems like i am willing to do whatever for that money when i don't even need it right when i'm not even hurting in that aspect but i just want to get it to store up so i question myself that same question that you're asking and I'm in the process right now of trying to, you know, reevaluate some things with myself. And like, I appreciate the fact that you asked me to do a podcast. Um, I had a major headache earlier today before I did the book club. That headache don't even exist anymore. Um, one thing I do know is when I get in those elements, I get a, a energy inside of me. And uh, that just drives and motivates and just push. Like there's nothing I can be down on my last two hours and it's ready to crash. But I get into my element, it just skyrockets. So I look forward to these things. You know what I mean? So 
it definitely causing me to reevaluate those things. And that's why I, I, I pulled back from the Cheesecake Factory. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I'm in the restaurant business right now, not because this is something that I want to consider as where I'm gonna invest myself as far as a business wise, because it was the first step to get to an easy route to create some funds. Oh, oh yeah, no, nah, we can't we can't scratch that off the table at all. You know right. what I'm saying? With somebody yeah. reestablishing themselves and the jobs right. that are available. Uh, right. if you don't know, uh the restaurant industry, yes, is one of the first jobs you can get. They don't do no right. background checks and depending on the restaurant that you pick, they have the hours, they got the work. You can, exactly. you know, you can get your feet, you know what I'm saying, get your feet wet, get your pockets, exactly. you know, lined up. You know, now nah, exactly. so shout out to the restaurant industry, man, for, for on, showing up. There. Yeah, right for real because you don't need, you don't even need the programs for the restaurant yeah, business the restaurant nah. business they come in and yeah. get you some what you say t- you. the restaurant the uh, restaurant like the yards huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> restaurant ain't nothing but the yard ain't nothing but the yard big thanks I'm, I'm telling you man y'all got a lot of experience i'm gonna be honest with you y'all got this experience when you was working in that kitchen inside the the thing but let the people know what you was doing in that kitchen when you was behind the bar just tell them you work for the state you ain't gotta say you was in prison just put uh when they say what's the company name say state and you put state right now and put your description of what you was doing and how many <laughs> how long you was doing it fill out that application right there they want that experience yeah but uh so yeah that that's kind of like what i was doing and that's why i, I moved away from the chick-fil-a thing because mm-hmm. I realized it's moving away for the very thing that you just pointed out to me right now. What I was first introduced to was money. Mm-hmm. Passive income is where it's at because my time is valuable and I want to invest it somewhere else. This is this this is the motivation to me being successful financially. That's what made me really wanted to come back when it came to me again when I was on my beginning stage of my spirituality with my walk with God. When he starts telling me, like, this is what I want you to do. This is what I'm calling you for. This is who you are, and this is the, the talent that I gave you. You utilize that to support yourself while you're here. But this is what I want you to do. So with that, that that's good. So, you know, in, in that sense, I'm, I'm really kind of trying to get into that passive area where I'm able to not spend my money and make that money at the same time. But have the time. You're not spending your money. You got bills and stuff now. What you talking about? I'm not talking about the bills. I'm talking about to invest as far as the product. That's part. Of, well, I mean, it is a part of it. So but you gotta, you're gonna spend money with real estate. But you gotta remember, I'm also building credit at the same time. Or you gonna create something? Okay, building. So credit. by building the credit, gives, a line of credit, it gives me a, a, a loan to be able to utilize their money in order to invest in something to you know initiate. Okay. I understand that. Okay. That's that's what I mean by that. So that But that's that's that sound like a process. It is definitely a process. Okay. Okay. I'm in the beginning stage of that process. Okay. These are some of the things that I realized because I just found out what kind of credit score you got to have in order to get a good uh, a nice house. You just need like a six thirty, a six fifty or something like that. As a first time buyer trying to get what? Okay. Like a, a house that costs how much? I'm talking about like in two hundred thousand, a hundred, a hundred and seventy-five thousand, two hundred. Nah, you ain't even talking about that. Yeah, you talking about at least what two, two forty to three hundred thousand. I mean, just talking about what the houses are. Like, right. yeah, you talking about that, that one, one seventy-five? That's like my grandma neighborhood. 
Okay, well then that's what I'm not talking about then. Yeah. I'm talking about 230, 230 and 240 on up then. So yeah. with that, you know, you got to have a, a nice credit score. They, they looking for something. Well, that's questionable only on the basis it of... It might be, because I don't... No, 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 no. Only on the basis of first-time buyer situation. Oh, okay. They got, they got a whole lot of first-time buyer programs. So, and, and based off the different type of loans you can get. So oh, okay. you can, yeah, you can get in there with like a 650 and only have to pay like 3.5%, stuff like that. But it depends on what you eligible for. What? But even with that, okay, so what? What you need? I know that, that, what, I, what I, know that I know that, but I'm just saying with that, it's like, I know there's still a process too. What, no, to I'm saying what's the credit that. score? What's the credit what's score? What's my credit score right no, now? No, 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 no. What you saying that, that you need? Like if-, if uh, 800. Uh, what? Who said that? I mean, uh, that's what I've seen from experience. I had I had a, a seven something, and yeah. I still only got approved for like a hundred and sixty thousand dollar house. Oh, uh, well, I mean, and I don't know if that was because of my credit history too, though, because that might yeah, be because I, I don't mean, have long credit history. It may be the fact of the income. Yeah, I'm about to say it's a lot, of, a lot of other yeah, factors. You're right. There's other factors. Because it was also like if you had more avenue coming in, that you could probably get more pre-approved for or something that's more. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Too. Yeah, but right. at the same time, that's only looking at it from the, the loan aspect. Because if that's what you're approved for and then you have another $150,000 saved, then you can... You know, add you come, add some cash, yeah, to add it. Some cash to and get your and, and, that's, and that's as far as like what I, I would do when yeah. it comes to it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well that's just variables in, in that situation. I so what know. what was the second question that you had though? Yeah, uh, another question like, Oh, I was just like, what's wrong with a nine to five? What you think wrong with a nine to five? Well, this is the thing. Coming from somebody with the background. Uh, when you're actively on parole or probation, the nine to fives ain't really giving you a livable wage or um, benefits outside of the restaurant industry. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that was that was the thing for me. Like, it wasn't that I was being picky. I was, I'm looking for the long haul. Like, yeah, my first job getting back, I, Goodwill, Goodwill donation attendant. That's what, I'm, I'm working there 725 an hour, got a whole chemistry degree and all that, but I need to get back into the workforce. Uh, I was trying to get back into the plants, but uh, that, that wasn't working. They weren't trying to see me being actively on probation and all that. So it's like, I need to establish some work, build my confidence up and know that I can get a job. Okay. So I did that. And then I'm thinking about next steps. Well, if I'm constantly putting myself out there um, to uh, get jobs and I'm getting turned down, I'm getting hired on the spot and turned down, a week later, once the background check come through, you know, that that's discouraging in its own route. But for me personally, I had a skill set. So I was able to take what was once a hobby, turn it into a hustle. Now I'm a professional. Um, so it's important to learn yourself 
have that level of self-awareness. That's what Feelings Phenomenal does. I help you get to know yourself, what your strengths are, what your and, and identify skill sets that complement your strengths. Um, so, but I was thankful to indulge in that early. I found out that I love music at five years old. I found out that I love science at 10 years old. And I went to school for chemistry and I became a DJ. Like I kept these things. Um, and I'm thankful that I never got disconnected from these things. So some of us on our journey in life get, have gotten disconnected from those things um, that are within us that we are to develop and cultivate. So for me, it's not that something is wrong with a nine to five. I just knew who I was and, and I was willing to do certain things to give myself greater opportunity. That's good. It sounds like it's something that maintained you through survival mode until you were able to, you know, get into the space to understanding who you are to thrive in, in, in the area that you was in. Because it, it sounds like the same concept of what you was explaining when it comes to people that starts their business uh, with the guy at the bar. Mm-hmm. He worked in a bar, which really built his clientele because now he's well known he's socializing he's engaging he's learning he's practicing so by the time he do that all that clientele is going to come to him because they fell in love with him and they supported him in his story so it kind of sounded like the same thing like what like what you were doing you were utilizing some of the things that you did learn as a child in order to keep you to maintain until you got into the space or where you can you know but not even just that it's like the alignment of doing things that suit you it's the alignment of doing things that you like and 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 walking along that path he didn't bartend all that time and complain he enjoyed it when we have gatherings parties kickbacks when he wasn't getting paid for it he was doing it he enjoyed whatever that is the creation of it the entertainment of it the service of it Mm. and now he has a business from right after so many years of investment right himself yes that's good that's good stuff so that yeah i i want to highlight that like it's about i turned and i say this all the time i turned a love for music into a skill right like i love music yeah, okay, tried to rap, tried to dance. That wasn't my, I wasn't good at it. <laughs> I don't know, you can dance, but. Yeah, 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 nah, nah, not no more. Not good, not good enough, yeah. Yeah, look, when you, when you get older, that rhythm don't hit like it used to when, it, when yeah. you're young. Yeah, yeah, you're off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, it don't flow like that. Yeah, there, yeah, wanted to be a backup dancer, all that, but this is the thing. With my love for music, I explored and showed interest in all the aspects that surrounded music. So yeah, oh, I thought I could be a backup dancer. Oh, that ain't for me. Thought I could be a rapper. Oh, that ain't for me. Oh, producer. Okay, that's interesting, but it take a lot of work. I ain't really finna do that right now. What could I do right now? Okay, go to college, go to parties. Not really a dancer, but I'm gonna go by the DJ booth, watch the crowd. Dang, okay, he controlling the crowd by the music he selects. I know music, I like music, I'm gonna try that. And that's what that's something that I was able to stick with and develop. Right. So this that's a part of the journey. That's more of the journey right. 
that is of alignment that we should be focusing on. But then we have these other influences and distractions and mindsets and, and things that come into play that get us off track. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, yeah, I can definitely. So that's what I'm saying. I'm thankful that I always say, like, I straddle the fence. I had one foot in, one foot out. I was never all the way in on either side. So I'm thankful to be able to navigate and have built something to 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 grow off of. And that's just all that I'm trying to reach back and help people identify those things that they detached from or got off track from that is more in alignment for who they are and what they are. And that's just what I want to double back to you. And man, when, when Earl Girl talked about that money blueprint, I thought that was good. And just through conversation, you're at a point where you're recognizing that now. Right. So therefore, you can continue to make better decisions that is more in alignment with who you are and not facilitated by what you can get, what you can have, and, you know, things like that. Right. Which is good. And that, that was good. I need to sit in in one of y'all calls. <laughs> it costs $150 a month. They wouldn't even let you in. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm in a group that allows me access to a great network. Um, facility. I mean, under the umbrella of uh, Eric Thomas, the number one motivational speaker in the world. Uh, but it's an investment, you know. And I remember the first time I made a financial investment in intellectual property, which is something that we don't do, but found so much value in it. And that was something that catapulted me to a space and place where I am now with, with all the, the information and, and the self-work that I've done. It's like, there's value in that. Like, it's not fluff. This stuff is real. Like, it's in books. And people are out here living it from day to day and, and achieving the things that they want. So, excuse me. So what compelled you to to start making uh, financial investments in intellectual property? Um, well, sure, let's talk about it, man. Oh, um, gee, what's going on? What what's this? I don't know. It, start doing some weird stuff. That's on, that's on yours. I ain't seen See, nothing. It, it is. It is on my end. You need to charge it? You about to die? No, well, it's on the charge. Are, I'm about to I keep it. I keep. I keep it on charge. Maybe it's overheated. I don't know. <laughs> it should be. It might be. Oh, maybe it is overheated. <laughs> hey, sometimes. Hey, yeah. Uh, that, scientifically, that, if uh, something has reached a hundred percent capacity and you still have the charger uh, connected, depending yeah. on what kind of charger it is, it could start to pull from the battery. Right. And that's when your batteries really don't last very long, mm-hmm. too. I've, I've seen that yeah, a lot of... You yeah. messed up the charge. Now, now the charge yeah. is uh, repelling against each other rather than the okay. track. Did the track. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what made me invest? Well... Yeah, what compelled you to invest financially? We have to go back into what was the question that honestly had me change my life that sparked my transit my transformation my question um after i got 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 arrested uh, uh lost my job ran out of um uh unemployment 
and it was starting to sit in, you know, when our family financially no longer had, you know, things um, and, and just sitting in my own mess. And I asked myself, how did I get here? Like, what is it about me that got me here? And with that question alone sparked other questions like, who, who am I? What do I want? And who do I have to become to get it? Well, every everything that I knew at that point had gotten me here. So I needed new information. And then I always say this story. Shout out to my girl, Felicia Winner. Uh, which is Julie's uh, little sister, Jules. Uh, shout out to her for sharing um, an ET video, and he spoke to me. You know, he, he spoke to character. He, he, he spoke my language. You know, and following him, and I was like, "This is the inf- this is news I can use." Right. And between him and you know finding diff- other other uh, other mentors and people and and. I think he even had a book list. ET had a book list. I downloaded and just started reading the books. And me and that next door was one of them. Who moved my cheese was one of them. Uh, oh, how, how to yeah, how to win friends and influence people. Uh, shoot, uh, the the the, um, the richest man in Babylon. Yeah, and then all this just started transforming me. Yeah, oh, that's and, good. and then being like, him pouring into me. Uh, with all the free content, YouTube, whatever. He had a conference, and it was a speaker's conference. It was his first ever one he was doing in Atlanta. I knew they was coming to Houston, but something in me was like, I need to go to this first. It was $1,000. I took a refund check, uh, spent it, and um, took took a road trip to Atlanta. That was on a Friday. The... The conference was two days, Saturday, Sunday. Came back that Monday, got fired from Goodwill. And it was it was on since then. It been on since then. I wasn't even mad. I was like, appreciate you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I already knew I remember, what time it was. I remember, I I remember you knew. telling me about that. Yeah. I, I remember you telling me about that. I already knew what time it was. When you yeah. step out there, he gonna make it work. Right. Because what happened that same weekend that I did the conference in Atlanta, Eddie, the guy that I'm on tour with now, he called me and said, Hey, can you do the New Orleans show? I said, I can't do it. Cause I have something prior. When I got fired Monday, I call him. I say, "Hey, you need me for any more dates?" He say, "Come on." Oh, and, that, and that's how that went. Yeah. And I was, it. and I've been on. Yeah, I, I was on the road. Yeah. And you've been on. The been on the road yeah. since what? Tw- that was 2016. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah, 2016. Ooh. That's seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, minus two for COVID. Well, one oh. and a half, because we, we toured a little bit, you know, once right. I saw opening well, back. To, yeah. yeah, about one and a half by two for COVID. Yeah. yeah. And that tour gave me notoriety and credibility in the city and, I mean, able to travel the world. and Yeah. Put your name out there. Hey, all that. Yeah, feel your clientele. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, yeah, I've been DJing for 10 years at that point. Right. Okay. And, that, and it was just a hustle at that time. Right. Until you turned into... So when I got on the tour, um, and it, 
my mindset after being exposed to ET and reading all these books, uh, my mindset was I'm going to be of value to the point that you're going to miss me when I'm gone. So learning how to be of value in your position. And, and, and what that is, is what people like to say, uh, excellent customer service, going above and beyond. People say that all the time, but they don't even know exactly what that means. That means that I'm doing more than expected, but it's out of service because I want this continue to do well and be productive because it is helping me. So I'm going to help it as much as I can. I'm not going to overexhaust myself, but I'm going to help it as much as I can. Right. That's good. That's real good. Because right there, you're just like, you're making things lighter and easier for yourself at the same time. And there's building character within yourself in, a, in another sense, too. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was definitely growing pain within that situation, but it was a good time. Right. I went and traded for the world. <laughs> but yeah, man, shoot, that's all I got. You got anything else? Nah, I don't, I don't have anything else. Uh, I, have, I haven't been taking any notes. I had any side thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, look. Are you interested in boxing? In watching it or doing it? Watching it. Yeah, watching oh, Yes, a little bit. A little okay. bit. Okay. So if you get a chance, watch the epilogue of Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia fight. It was a recent fight that, that just happened. It's probably about 21, 25 minutes. Um, I, 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 I watch boxing. It? It's on YouTube. So I watch boxing. I'm not that knowledgeable all, all the way down to the intricacies of it. Now, I'm familiar watching it, you know, when heavyweight fights would be, when middleweight fights would be, you know, my, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., all those people. Uh, so now we got a lightweight. It's kind of a big deal. But the two things I wanted to point out from that epilogue. Oh, it's right here right now. Watching that fight. Two, two days ago. Yeah. Watching the fight. It's a difference. Now, this ain't no disrespect to Javante Davis Tank. Davis, he is an amazing fighter. But it's a difference uh, between Javante winning that fight and Ryan Garcia losing that fight. Ryan Garcia lost that fight. It wasn't that Javante Davis won it. And why? Ryan Garcia lost that fight. It wasn't that Javante Davis won. Now, when you watch the epilogue, this is why I say he lost that fight. Ryan Garcia is heavy on that, that right hand, heavy on that right hand. And he got reckless and opened himself up and lost. Second thing, they got Charlo on there, who is a fighter. And he said, oh, I'm going, I'm going for Ryan Garcia. Javante the better fighter. But Ryan is a nice guy. How many times do we do that in life? How dare you fight against who's the best at the sport just because you like somebody? How dare you do business with somebody who ain't good at business just because he's right. a good guy? Right. Like that blew my mind. He's right. going for him because he's a good guy. This is about the talent and the success right. in like in the skill. Yeah. Does it have what it takes in order to? Yeah. 
So you put your chips on the wrong person because you may not like somebody's attitude or or whatever the case may be. Because it's clear Javante is the better fighter. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I'm gonna say. Watch that, man. I gotta end this yeah, because uh, if out. I go over an hour, I'm gonna have trouble uploading it. So uh, oh, well, you without better get that, out there. you got yeah, nine seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all, y'all be clock. Be impactful, uh, and, and be critical thinkers, man. I'm out of here. Peace.